In a world where God is dying, four heathens come to deliver the final nails in the coffin. From the depths of hell, Satan sends four puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists from the Middle East. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is our live podcast of the Secular Jihadists of the Middle East. I'm your host, Faisal Saeed Al Muttar from Iraq. I speak English. I sell chocolate. I sell moz. I sell uh, falafel. Uh, and and avocado hummus. Uh, and avocado hummus. Um, and uh, and I also happen to be the leader of the secular caliphate of Iraq and Syria. Tonight we have the usual suspects of the secular jihadist podcast. We have uh, Yasmin Muhammad, who is the author of Confessions of an Ex-Muslim. Uh, she recently got interviewed by Gad Saad, that I recommend people to check out her latest interview. And uh, is there anything else you're doing, Yasmin? Are you having a new baby or you're good? Uh, no, no more babies. Uh, this baby factory is closed. I'm just okay. having wine now. Okay, Why would you say a new baby? Like what? Would you have an old baby? I do. Like <laughs> you just have... Just, an old all baby. babies are new by default. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> depends. If you're a Republican, I mean, they're, they've been there. Uh, so, so stop your anti-Republican uh, phobia, Ali. I need to understand that. I don't get that. How do Republicans have old babies? Oh, no, no. It's because by the time the baby's born, it's already nine months old, right? Because it starts at conception. It was just this, uh, it was just a technical thing. I was just getting into it. it, it never mind. Don't worry about it. Okay. I was, um, I was thinking, I was, I'm overthinking it. Okay. So speaking of technical. Overworked. Technical, over jerked. Uh, we have Ali that. Speaking of technical, we have Ali the te- technical. Uh, Ali is a graduate of the Technical Institute of Pakistan. Don't overthink it, man. Um, he used to. He is part of the Pakistan nuclear program. He worked as an engineer for the Pakistan nuclear program, and his main goal is to nuke India and kill all the Hindus. Oh. Uh, he also happens to be the author of. Uh, and, and according to intellectual Tariq Fatah, he is considered Jihadi Ali. That's his Jihadi Ali, I am, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, he's also the author of The Atheist Muslim Journey from Reason to Religion. Because um, I think that... Yeah, the... the because, uh, yeah. It's the other way around. <laughs> so next, next to us is Armin Nababi. Or the band Armin Nabi. Um He also happens to be circumcised. Is that correct, Armin? Are you circumcised? Yes. Um, okay, good. Fixer, <laughs> it didn't happen. Um, so circumcised Nabi, uh is the. How dare you? How dare you make light of such a? <laughs> um, it's not. Uh, He's feeling triggered. Yeah. So so. I'm triggered uh, by Armin... the word triggered because it rhymes with the N word. But anyway, let's just keep. Going. <laughs> Uh, wow, the word the word trigger trigger me. Yeah, um, 
Speaking of, yeah, so Armin also That's happens it. to be the advisor of Qasem Soleimani, who is the leader of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. He is responsible for genocides across Iraq. Uh, I happen to know him through uh, Al-Qaeda. And, this might be uh, the reason why he's blocked now, you know, because of your intros. No, I think I think it's blocked because of his insensitivity to the feelings of Muslims. Mm. Um, yeah. Which I think is, is the main reason why nobody... I, wish, I, I wish I was blocked. If, it's the page that is blocked. If I was blocked, I mean, that's not a big issue. There's 1,600,000... I'm hoping by the time people are listening to this, the, the page is back, by the way. Hopefully. But you you are blocked multiple times on Facebook, right? As a person. Personally, yes. But this is the, the whole page, the whole Atheist Republic page right now. The com- the feed, you know, we have been completely lost access to our followers. They don't see any of our posts on their feed. And it's ju- it's not just us. It's also the uh, ex-Muslims of North America hmm. today. Yeah, uh, there is another page. I my uh, One of my friends run it. It's called Dakhlaq Abta'raf, which is... Yeah. Uh, an Arabic secular page that they make like satire of uh, Islam and other stuff. And uh, they also receive the same notification that yes. I think it's like they cannot. And I think that even their feed cannot be seen. They said that even like if someone the goes feet? to the page, the feet. feed stops. Like if you go to the page, you'll see it on the on the page. But you can see that even though, like that page you mentioned, they have like eight hundred thousand followers, and their yes. po- page their posts are getting like two, three likes because you only see it only if you come to their pages. It's not showing on anyone's feed, and it's basically right now these three pages: Exmism of North America, Atheist Republic, and that page that you mentioned. We um, Richard Dawkins just tweeted about this. All three of the pages, which is he's always who is Richard Dawkins. He's the best. Uh, uh, so no, but, actually, but I, I would like to comment on this before we can start the, what, our discussion on political spectrum because this is something I, I've been commenting on a lot recently because of the recent ban after I got banned. Um, is that people forget that people say, well, it's just a Facebook page, etc., etc. But people forget. I mean, for people like us, we can use other platforms, but within the Middle East and Northern Africa, these platforms is all what they have. Like mm-hmm. for them to, because most of the media, the traditional media, is either owned by the government or owned by militias and political parties. And Facebook and Twitter and some other MySpace, for those who are not circumcised, um, are the one who, other ones who use it. So what you have is that these social media pages have literally became. Where the battle of ideas that Ali Rizvi and Yasmin and Armin and me are always talking about is that social media is actually a major player in the changing of minds within the Arab and the Muslim world. So yeah. it's really sad to see that Facebook and social media companies in general are somehow siding with the oppressors, right? So, like, if you are Ayatollah Khamenei, you're still on Twitter. But there have been many atheists or secularists and freethinkers within the Muslim world who have been getting their profile canceled or deleted. So it's really sad to see that like these social media companies are somehow on this, even non-intentionally, I'm not going to say that that's intentionally what they want, but non-intentionally they're siding with the oppressors and siding with the people who are on the forefront on the fight against extremism. Actually- this does lead us into our political spectrum conversation because that's a common thing where the 
the liberal left wing in the West end up siding with the Islamist right wing in the Muslim world? Against people like us and against people who think like us. So today, the discussion, um, will there be a Q&A? Can I just say something? Imagine if these pages were Islamic pages. Imagine yeah. right now the amount of attention and the uh, you know uproar on this, the amount of courage, coverage this would give if Facebook was removing Islamic pages. You know, and and this is why us ex-Muslims and us atheists in general we need to get together and we need to become a force to be reckoned with because people just step on us, and it doesn't really matter because nobody gives a shit about us. It there is no consequences to this, so we need. But to But I've heard like someone wanted a sperm of someone, and then there no, was a fight that came out of it. Uh, you're so. right. We do. We do need to get loud and we do need to make it clear that we are a force to be reckoned with as well. Like Muslims are one percent of the population in the state in the states. And they're getting I mean, like you said, imagine if this was a Muslim page based. Imagine in the if states. it was Linda Sarsour page. Imagine exactly. Imagine the uproar that would happen. Oh, my God. They, they don't give somebody if someone doesn't get an unopened Diet Coke on a plane. I mean, people go apeshit. <laughs> and right. here you have like people who are subject to blasphemy laws. I mean, these are the people who have been people like Michelle Khan who got lynched over there for asking, you know, a, a, a question about religion. He got lynched by a mob and there were policemen standing there. They showed up. They didn't do anything. I mean, these are the kinds of people who have the only channels they have are uh, these uh, uh, channels like Facebook. I mean, this is massive. So uh, when you have these broken reporting algorithms, and I, I know that this isn't something that Mark Zuckerberg does on purpose, just this, you have many groups, many, many Islamic groups that actually organize in mass, uh, on mass, and report certain posts and get them taken down and get people banned, uh, who already are they don't they don't have any other voice. I mean, they're actually taking they're speaking at great risk to their lives, um, and already. So uh, you know the, the fact that this happens is really unfortunate. There has to be a new system. So speaking of a new system, um, there has been lots of movements within the West. Especially, I mean, I would say the United States has been kind of the, on front of it. It's the same with some places in Europe. And, and one of the reasons I have listened to many of Trump supporters, and some of, some of them are considered friends, and I assume some are good people, um, have made this argument is that we voted for Trump because he's going to shake up the system. Because the system has been broken by bureaucracy slash political correctness. Uh, so let's start with Yasmin. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what are your thoughts about the situation of political spectrum, of political parties, where you are and in general? Well, um, I think that the political parties these days are like the new religion. I think that people, um, you know, like we've, we've talked about how, so let's say, for example, you join your religion, so you're, you're a Muslim, and then somebody says, yeah, but the guy that you love and that you follow and that you revere had sex with the raped uh, nine-year-old girl. And so then you say, oh, no, 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 
but they grow faster in the desert and blah, blah, blah. And you make excuses because you're already part of this tribe. So you have to, you have to have allegiance. You have to have loyalty to the tribe. And even if it doesn't make sense to you, or even if you find it to be immoral or deplorable, you're still going to continue to support your team. And I think that political sides have become, uh, have become like that too. And you can see that most obviously with um, Trump supporters, that even when he was talking about grab her by the pussy and all that stuff, people are like, oh, no, but... And then they're making all sorts of excuses for him. Um, and then they also throw insults at each other, too. So, of course, if you're in one tribe, there has to be others, right? So if you're a Muslim, you have to hate the Jews. And if you're a... If you're in the on the left wing, then you have to hate everybody who's on the right wing. So, you know, anybody that says the slightest thing that might be different from what you believe, and you know, Muslims will, or religious people will call out blasphemy, and political religious people will call out, "Ah, you're alt right. You're a you know, whatever Trump worshiping." Ruben loving, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, right? The bigot. You're bigot. The bigot, the racist, yeah, the, the Islamophobe, right? So, yeah. yeah. I just, I personally don't want to belong to any tribes, whether they're religious or political or anything. I don't like the us versus them attitude. I don't like the tribalism. Um, I don't like... I'm just not, a, I'm not a fan of the whole othering bullshit. And so I'm not going to do it. So I'm just going to look at every single situation and I'm going to use my judgment. And I believe very strongly in liberal values, but that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to vote liberal because it really depends on what country I'm in. And it depends on if that liberal government is even liberal. So, you know, like people tend to mix up, I think the democratic um, party in the U.S. and they just call it liberal party and they use the two words interchangeably, but there's that they're not the same thing. Those are two different things. Right. I want to ask I, you a I question. That, uh, mm -hmm. You spoke about so, uh, as you know, and you all, all know, uh, Dave Rubin uh, has been pushing for this idea of a new center, and, and recently, in a conversation with him, he said that. When it comes to the subject subjects that we talk about, like Islam and ex-Muslims and uh, let's say like uh, minorities within the Muslim world, which are not Islamic, the only group that actually listens to us on this um, is uh, the right mm -hmm. in Western societies, like the Republican Party, because he says that look at the what do you mean, Rehokar Mike? Are you talking to me, Ali? No, I'm talking to Armin. Okay. Um, so what do, you, what do you think of this argument that, let's say, I mean, obviously none of us here is single issue voter. None of us here, like, think that this issue is the only issue we care about. But do you agree with this assessment that we as ex-Muslims, or not necessarily we as ex-Muslims, but we as critics of Islam, and Islamism and jihadism and all these things, would you think that the right is a better ally? And, and to give you another hook, another example, because I'd like to know, know your opinion, maybe the panel can discuss me on this. So Christopher Hitchens, who I think that many of us here respect, 
was a very big supporter of the Iraq war. And for him to be listened to, because as you know, many of the Democrats were opposed to the Iraq war, except like Hillary Clinton and some other people. But in general, the left and the Democrats were opposed to the Iraq war. Um, he sided with the neoconservatives and he joined Hoover Institute, which is considered kind of a neoconservative slash conservative think tank. What do you think of this approach that for our cause, we should consider that the left have betrayed us, right? The left, as we discussed some of the, the, in the discussion of the panel, they have sided with Linda Sarsour uh, in Moments March. They have Bernie Sanders hired her, President Obama hired Dalia Mugahid to be his advisor in the White House. What do you think of the argument that we should side with the right to defeat radical Islam or Islamic extremism? I personally think that there are people on the right and people on the left that we can ally with. I, like I said, when we I were agree. on Dave Rubin together, I think that there are rash the the rational people in the middle. I think we really are the biggest group. I think that there are a few fringe crazies on the right and a few fringe crazies on the left, but I don't think that either one of those are enough of a concern for us to start to like, you know, change things about so much. Yeah. Yeah. So I know this idea of the new center, like that's somebody mentioned it in the, in the chat, as well as obviously Dave talks about it and Sam talks about it. Um, it's basically just liberal classic. This is who we are. These are we are the liberals. But then the left just went crazy with liberalism. It's what they I, did to yeah. feminism as well. <laughs> they ruined feminism. And now I can't even say I'm a feminist without saying, but not third wave. Um, yeah. So they've kind of ruined liberalism, too, because now I have to say, yes, I identify as a liberal, but not a lefty. Mm. And so they're, yeah. So, I, I don't, so, I, don't I mean, I, I agree with you, but uh, I'm just, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here instead of Armin tonight. Mm. Because, <laughs> I mean, what I said, what I just said about what you said with the right, the left, I think it's more of Armin's, uh, sorry, Dave Rubin's argument, not mine. I mean, I'm, actually, I'm going to have a continuous debate with him around U.S. campuses to discuss, actually, whether we should side with the right or not. But, uh, so, my, my, uh, do you think that this new center, let's say the people who are not crazy, or let's say the people who are not, let's say the fringes, do you think that these people make up the majority of people who are in the Congress and the White House right now? Oh, well, no. <laughs> no, that's not, I, I don't even know. So how. the fringes are the ones who are in power. Is that one way to say it? Yeah, yeah, they they are they are the ones in power. But let's go back to this this whole idea of uh, who we should ally with and what our cause is. Um, so I want to zoom out a little bit. So with I, I went on, you know, we're talking about Dave Rubin. So I actually went on a show. I think late twenty fifteen, and that's right after I'd written this article called "The New Center Between the Left's Apologism and the Right's Bigotry." So it's online. It's on the mm -hmm. post. So. He saw that, and uh, you know, we went on and the, uh, we started up a hashtag new center and everything. So this is you know a couple of years ago, less than two years ago, and and we talked about it a lot. And I'll say the same thing that I said then is that I find it really strange that I have to agree with 
um, the energy policy of the Democrats just because I'm pro-choice or the energy policy of, of uh, um, liberals just because I'm pro-choice. If I think that, you know, fossil fuels are a good bridge to or nuclear energy should be part of the whole, you know, uh, new energy thing. Yeah, for the future, uh, and then I have to also be pro-choice. Or if I'm pro-choice, then I also have to agree with the liberals on everything. It just doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. The issues are so disparate. They're so different that you know that I don't think any thinking person, any rational thinking person, can be allied with one side or the other. I just, I just don't think they can. I mean, you can be more aligned with one side or the other, depending on which issues, but it, but it really is an issue by issue thing. And speaking of the rationality thing, when you talk about who we should ally with and who's best for what we're doing, one of the things is, you know, we're all, yeah, we're critics of Islam, but that's not all we are. We also stand for rationality. We stand for reason. I want to be able to, I want kids in schools to learn about the scientific method, how that works, you know, for people to know what, when you say theory of evolution, what theory is, how theory, what the, the theory means in science. But how Alex, range but of Alex fucking magnets. Magnets, how do, work, how do magnets work? How to what? Magnets. How, to, how, how magnets work? Magnets, well, you know, th th that's exactly, that's, that's what I mean. I, I think that there are, there's so many different things. Like I, when it comes to civil rights, when it comes to civil liberties, when it comes to the rights of minorities, when it comes to uh, just rationality reasons, science, education, um, all of these, these are all issues as well. It's not just critics of Islam, right? So when you take that entire agenda and then you ask, you zoom out, then you ask, okay, are we going to, are the liberals better allies or the conservatives? The answer is probably neither. Right. And, and both at the same time. Yeah. And and at this point, I think we're at the point where I don't even think that functionally, I don't think the left and right even exist. I don't think either one exists. I mean, you've got on the right, you've got, you know, uh, all the Trump supporters who are against trade treaties and they've, they've got their they're all. Um, I mean, it, it's amazing, like the, the kind of a, a lot of the Bernie supporters agenda and the Trump supporters agenda it has coalesced. I mean, they're very similar. As many people are like, okay, Bernie didn't win. I'm going to vote for Trump. And it actually makes sense. Ideologically, it makes sense because um, there is no left and right. I think that there's more an up and down now. And the up is the people who benefited from the technological and information revolution. The down are the people who got left behind by it. And there's different parts of the left and right that each one associates with. Right, that's one part of it. The second part is this whole clash of civilizations thing, right? Where you have um, in the left, and this I think is a is a very very important thing. The left has gone out and tried to embrace a lot of minorities. They've become the party of the minorities. So you have, you know, uh, black people overwhelmingly vote liberal all over the world. Um, Latinos overwhelmingly vote liberal. Muslims vote liberal. But when you look at these communities. If you go to black churches, you know, homosexuality is still a huge taboo. If you go to Latinos, a lot of them are very, very pro-life and they're Catholic. If you go to Muslims, Muslims have very conservative social values. So you're in a situation where if Trump says something misogynistic, then he's an asshole. But if the Muslim says something misogynistic and quotes a Quran, then we got to back off and we got to respect it because it's their idea. So that means it's not about the idea. It's about who's saying it. And when it's not about ideas anymore, all you're left with is identity politics. That's it. 
And that's where the left that's, today is. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't think, and on the right, it's white identity politics. It's a whole different thing. So I, I don't think but either the, But of them, the white identity politics on the right, I think, is probably not as rampant as the identity politics in general on the left. Yeah, because there's so many identities. And well, the yeah. other thing is like the- And also the, 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 the politicians on the left will play to, lib- to identity politics openly- I guess sometimes the politicians on the right do too, yes. <laughs> but maybe that, not that, quite that, as openly. I think uh, just uh, that, I mean, uh, you see, like within the, when the left talk about, I mean, like, for example, if you look at the uh, campaigns of the New Democrats in, like, for example, like New Jersey's House Representative or something like that, like most of the conversation is, as a woman of color of Hispanic origin, my parents were immigrant. But I think you transgender will not see on the right. And, mm-hmm. I don't think I have seen on the right someone says, as a white male, I'm here to represent the white male working society of Alabama. <laughs> Even though it might be implied that, for example, they will say, like, the immigrants are here to steal your jobs. So there is kind of an ethno. Uh, language attached to it, but I haven't seen yet, even Trump, with all the criticism against Trump, but I haven't seen Trump saying that I am here to stand for the white male to have a work, because I think that would be freaking political suicide. Yeah. Not even, but, but very good point. that being said, that being said, some, I think with the right, there is the religious element that they try to work on. That may not be ethnic, but religious would say like, uh, our religious liberties as Christians are under attack. For mm. example, they can use this argument that Christianity is under attack by foreign immigrants or Muslims or atheists or something like that. But, I've but seen can, that I, can I can I just say right something, on. Fessel, when it comes to this whole thing that, well, first of all, the counter argument for that, which I don't agree with, by the way, is that, well, you know, whites have been in power for so long. So, you know, that's it. The same thing doesn't apply to them. It, sort of like the men's rights people and so on. But I don't completely agree with it. Here's here's what I think. I think that we should first acknowledge the places where identity politics does make sense. Like if you're talking about people being stopped for no reason whatsoever, that does happen to a lot of black people. So if someone says, as a black person, I can tell you about being arrested or being stopped in my car for no reason, the, over there, it has a place. The identity politics makes sense. Another place where the identity aspect makes sense is coming to the white people in places like Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, places where Hillary Clinton lost, where they had a lot of manufacturing jobs, right? They've either been automated or they've been outsourced. And both the Democrats and the Republicans lied to these people and told them that they're going to get their jobs back and their jobs are not coming back. The only way these guys are going to get their jobs back is if they switch to software engineering or something. So now suicide rates among these white people are going higher, uh, these working class people. The um, su- the depression rates and psychiatric disorders are going higher. A lot of them are on welfare, right? They don't know what to do. And then they look and they see someone who looks like me or looks like one of us at Harvard talking about white privilege and how white people should not say anything because, you know, they're they're privileged and they've been and, and and we're in an Ivy League school and we're getting like, you know, graduate degrees. And these guys, they're gonna sit there and they can look at us and be like, fuck you. I'm voting Trump. You know, so that's another place where the identity aspect is relevant. So so it is relevant in some places. The problem is when it's overused and it's used uh, to and to make people feel entitled and they feel like, you know, that I can say this because I'm a person of color 
And uh, one, one last thing, Yaz, I know you want to say something, is that this person of color thing too, like all people of color are not the same. Like the, the, what black people went through historically is very different from what, than from what, you know, brown people or, or like the South Indians or South Asians have gone through, what East Asians have gone through. So like this whole idea that all people of color is one bunch, I mean, that's actually also a really- Super bizarre. offensive. No, yeah. I think the entire thing is- just, like all you just, brown people. Uh, the entire thing is bullshit. The right, the left, like all the alt-right, the regressive left, uh, the mm-hmm. Islamic um, nuts, the the Christian fundamentalists, like they're all absolutely apeshit. And yes, not everybody's throwing gays off the roofs of buildings. I know that's a really low standard to not criticize somebody. Anyway, I was actually, every now. time I went to say something, you, you actually said it. Um, but what I was going to say is, God. yes, there is value to identity politics, but like exactly like you said, when it gets overdone. So it's just like political correctness. It's like, okay, sure. I get what you're saying. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Now you're crazy. Like it just, it has to, it gets, it, it keeps on going and going until it, until it doesn't make any sense anymore. But uh, so you guys heard where I am on the spectrum. Armin, you are muted. Oh. Yeah, Armin, you want to say something? I think, I think when you're saying identity politics is used correctly, I don't think it's being used correctly. I think what you guys are trying to say is that you bring up identity when it's, when identity is making a difference and you guys are trying to make it so that it's not making a difference anymore, right? So when you, the examples you gave, so for example, when you, the, the people that we have a problem with when they bring up identity is because they want to make identity an issue. It's not something that uh, some not people use it. Some people use it to either gain an advantage or some people use it to discriminate against other people. When you guys correctly mention identity is when you notice an identity is making somebody different, but you wanted to stop that difference. You know, for example, when you mentioned the ex-Muslim identity or the black person's identity, because you're noticing there that their identity is being used either against them or some other groups of identity are using their identity as an advantage. So I don't think you're playing identity politics when you point those identities. You're actually fighting identity politics when you're pointing those That's identities. That's a good point. Yeah, I think it's a semantic thing. When I, when I said that, I, I meant really that, um, uh, you know, that in some cases, bringing up identity is relevant to the experience that you're trying to relate. Um, so uh, unfortunately, that is called identity politics by a lot of people. So I, that's really what I was getting at is that when people do bring up, you know, if, if a black person comes up and talks about being shot while unarmed, while they're reaching for their cell phones, and that is a very real experience and it happens, um, then the identity is an, it is an integral part of that experience. And everybody else brushes us off as, oh, that's identity, identity politics. That's not identity politics. You're right about that, Armin. It's, uh, that's, yeah, but people do call it that. And it, it's terrible. And, and every time people do play identity politics superficially, that's actually an insult. And it's, very disad- it's a huge disadvantage to the people who are actually being targeted because of their identities. Yeah, I like this concept. I think one of all my Jewish friends mentioned it and, and I was arguing me and him about like whether I should have a lot them. of Jewish friends. I do. They um, show up in every they're the Jewish best. friends. I, yeah, so some of them are good people. So <laughs> uh, so I was talking to him and he said, I like this concept and I like after we conclusion was 
the concept of identity by by how the enemy perceives us to be. So, so for example, he said, "I call myself Jewish, not because I am a practicing Jew, or even he's not even never been to Israel, nor cares to go to Israel. Like he doesn't even care about this stuff." But he said, "But for the Nazis, I will always be Jewish." So my identity is important for those who want to kill me. So that the, the Nazi would, would not care if you were a secular Jew or an atheist Jew or a reformed Jew or a conservative Jew. The Nazi would see a Jew. And I would, I think that, I mean, on a personal level, I mean, ex-Muslims is a great example that Armin mentioned, is that for, let's say, Al-Qaeda, it doesn't matter if, if Ali vote for Hillary and someone else vote for Trump, whatever. At the end of the day, we're all ex-Muslims to them. So I think that's where like the identity of us being ex-Muslims matter to those who want to kill us. So I think I think this is where legitimate use of identity politics, everyone uses the term identity politics is necessary. Is mm. that for those who want to kill us, our identity matters. But on daily for those who don't care about what uh, for those who are going to judge you as an individual, not by your identity, it doesn't matter. But for those who want to kill, and I have another point is that uh, when I do have an issue with some like overuse, let's say, of identity politics, is that you are not you're not allowed to criticize a culture of my identity belongs to. So, for example, if you talk to someone like Linda Salsour and people like her, he will say. Who are you as a non-Muslim criticizing Islam? I, as a Muslim, I'm the only one who is able to criticize Islam. But if you spin it, she criticized Republicans all the time, and she's not a Republican. Yeah, so that, like, that's a boom, I mean, like, that's, like, but, but, but it's being used a lot. Like, yeah. if you, and it happens is only if you disagree with something. So let's say if you're a pro-choice, which we, all of us are, I think, many of the feminists will not tell us, who are you as a male to have a pro-choice position? But if you are a pro-life, the feminists, many of the feminists, not all, hashtag not all, will tell you, who are you as a male to tell women what to do? Who are you as a male to have a position on abortion? And the same thing happens within like... And, and main, mainly on Twitter, by the way. And thankfully, the whole world is... Uh, well, to be Twitter. honest, I think I think Twitter has moved made its way to the real life. I mean, if you look it at the Women's March, yeah. I mean, Women's March, for example, in, D, in D.C., even though many of us agree with it as a good idea, but you cannot say that what happened on Twitter stays on Twitter. Like Twitter is not like Las Vegas these days. It's just, oh, yeah, well, Trump, has made this Trump, way. His, his tweets are all over all over the news all the time. I agree um, with you, but I I just think that Twitter is uh, actually I I don't think it's as representative of. Um, no, it's not. I mean, I mean, there's seen... a lot more of the fringe, right? There's a lot more fringe people, and they are influential. I'm not saying they're not influential, but it has a lot more of the fringe than. Do you remember when say, Microsoft... the people who voted in, um, you know, Macron in in France, right? So, I mean, that's it, it's 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 a little. I, I can't really quantify it. I don't know what what it is. I know there's an influence there, but I I just don't think it's. I'm seeing that it's not as representative. That is actually a quantifiable measure. Just one uh, Microsoft developed this AI Twitter account that's able to dissect all of the Twitter and speak what the people on Twitter say, and it's all turned into a Hitler, turned into a Hitler in like five seconds. Oh, yeah, I remember. Stop talking about like concentration camps <laughs> and killing Jews, and and that was like within five seconds of developing the AI Twitter account, it immediately turned it became like a Nazi. 
so that says about like how Twitter is not really sometimes representative of what real life is like. Yes, we go ahead. Sorry. Actually, I was going to ask you guys to tell us where you stand in the political spectrum, if you do stand somewhere firmly at all. Uh, should I start first? Yeah, speaking standing firmly. I mean, when you're talking about, yeah, yeah, uh, I think Festival. I mean, I kind of politically evolved a lot for the past. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm just young, a theory. So I'm, I'm able to to change my mind easily. So. I shift between center right and center left um, on, so I find, for, so for example, on social issues, I find myself more aligned with the, like the center left on uh, pro-choice, same-sex marriage, um, non-discrimination, civil rights act. Um, on these issues, I'm more, on free speech, I'm more of a libertarian. I think that free speech should not be regulated. There should be no hate speech laws. While the liberals push for hate speech laws, libertarians are for absolute free speech. On economics, I think I'm shifting between like center right. I like capitalism. I think it's a great idea. Um, I think some safety nets to help the poor moving from like increasing economic mobilization is necessary. Uh, so people who fall down like become poor, losing a job, losing a whatever, I think there should be like some safety net to help them. Uh, on foreign policy, I think I'm closer to some people on the right, not all of them, but like maybe I'm closer to, for example, someone like Marco Rubio than I'm closer to Obama on foreign policy. See, and it also depends what country you're in too, right? Yeah, so I'm talking about in a purely American perspective is that like on, on Iraq, I'm probably a communist. By comparison yeah, to how much right. how much I'm like secular, I'm considered a communist there. But but here I'm more like I don't know, maybe like center, center left, center right. I mean, for the fringes, I mean, there is this term that uh, Stephen Pinker coined called the left pole. So the left pole, everything that is on the right of it is far right, and mm -hmm. if you are on the right pole, everything on the left of it is far left. So. I think both of the fringes consider me to be on the, so like the far right, for example, after Marie Le Pen elections and Trump, they call me like a, consider me like a regressive far leftist. And on the other hand, they will call me like a far right Zionist and all of this shit. So. <laughs> me too. So I think so, that. So let's make I, this, I, let's make this fun. Right. Yeah. Let's make this fun. Fessel, so for, for your liberal fans or your liberal followers, your liberal readers, what do you think would piss them off the most about your views in terms of um, where you align with the right? What, where do you think they'd be like, okay, Fessel, you've totally sold out? I think that I pissed them off when I, and that could be kind of universal, is that I think that for people who and like us... And we're going to do vice versa as well. So go uh, ahead. For people who think like us, they want someone who fits their narrative. Mm -hmm. And when you don't fit their narrative, they immediately attack you. So they actually, for the left, they want me to hate the West more than I should. So mm -hmm. when I say, like, I enjoy living in America, America is wonderful, I don't think the U.S. Army are a bunch of evil psychopaths who came to Iraq to kill us all, when I don't, tell, when I don't fit into that narrative, they snap at me because I... Like, wow, this guy is 
is from there and he doesn't fit the narrative. So like they immediately like, oh, you have been duplicated by right wingers. You have been screwed up. Uh, they fucked you up. Because um, I lived in Texas for a bit and they always say like, oh, you have been duplicated by the Texas education, whatever. Even though I only lived in Texas for like five months. But mm-hmm. the, it's like the moment I don't fit that narrative that they want to put me in, which is that Iraqi refugee, he must hate. So he's like he's a brown, so he must always talk about how America is racist and sexist and disgusting country, um, and how we should like be. So that's that's I think on the left and on mm-hmm. the right, they don't like the atheism part, and also they don't like the fact that I criticize the theocrats within their own gang. So they like me when I criticize Islam, but the moment I criticize Christianity or Judaism, it's like, uh, yeah, but they're not beheading people. Yeah, they're yeah. not throwing gays off rooftops, so they're perfectly fine. So they immediately snap at me as well. Like even if I make the the like this comparison that yes, I don't think they are as bad as ISIS, but implementing Christian theocracy in America is not a good thing. And they immediately like snap at me as like, okay, this guy is also not following our narrative. So I think this is like what I've been facing for the past four years. What about you, Ali? You didn't tell us where you. Actually, I was going to ask you. We're, we're, we're oh, even... I started. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, you did. Right. <laughs> no, but I wanted to kind of get more on the idea of what, uh, where you, I guess. Oh, uh, your question upset about a lot of what upsets yeah. most people on the right. Yeah. Well, for, oh, me, for me, it was whenever I say anything about Trump. It's very simple. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I think that goes for a lot of. Yeah. People. There's a lot of conservatives who, who can't stand Trump either, and for good reason because he's not a conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, for me, one thing is like, I, like I support the Keystone Pipeline, right? Um, I support, uh, you know, offshore drilling. I think that when it's done, I mean, I I know enough about things like fracking. Um, I know people who work in that industry uh, to know that if it's regulated properly um, and it's safe, then I, I I think that it that is a necessary bridge to renewable energy in the future. So I mean, that that's one thing that I've had a lot of debates about. I'm also very pro nuclear. Uh, in terms of that, I am, you know, 100% in support of renewable energy and that kind of future. And I'm aligned with the liberals on that. It's just that I don't think that you can do that without building a bridge. Uh, because the other reason is um, it's connected to national security, not just for the U.S., but for Canada as well. Because, at, at, you know, the more you don't do this stuff yourself, the more you're dependent on places like Saudi Arabia to do it for you. Um, so that to me also is a very important thing when it comes to oil and fossil fuels. That's, mm-hmm. that's one thing. The other thing, a lot of it is, uh, what, what, uh, Fessel was talking about. So I, um, yes, I yes. Went, get us up. off Saudi Arabia, says Jeff. Yeah. So <laughs> We'd all I, agree. I think, I think that's an important thing. I mean, there's all, all this stuff. I, I, this is another article I wrote, I think it was in 2009. It was called why we, why we all bow to the Saudi king. And at that time, there was a controversy that Obama had gone visited, uh, was King Abdullah at the time in Saudi Arabia, and he had bowed to him, or he looked like he had bowed, and everybody's going apeshit. But the problem is, like, before that, a few years before that, you had pictures of George W. Bush walking hand in hand with with Abdullah, like they were holding hands and walking down. Like, I don't know if you've seen those. So That's uh, more of an Arab thing, holding hands. Arabs don't really bow. Right. But George W. Bush actually did it in public. So it's not it. So that was, you know, people were talking about that a lot. That pissed the liberals off. And then 
when uh, Obama bowed, that that pissed the uh, conservatives off. Um, and I, I just thought that uh, like every time we pump gas into our cars, especially if you have an SUV. We're bowing right? to him. You're bowing to the fucking Saudi king. Yeah, everybody's doing it. And and especially if you have, you know, like those, you know, those SUVs that have the support our troops stickers on them. You know, like that, that it just doesn't make sense. If you're pumping, if you're driving like a big gas guzzling SUV, you're doing the opposite of supporting your troops because you're you're basically feeding uh, the economy that funds terrorism the yeah. most all around the world. So is this all all of those this is a debate that i have with liberals a lot um the other thing is uh like i'm 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 very i i know that the the us the democrats are very sort of pro gun ownership as well they just want increased background checks so i i like that position but i think i i i like the right to bear arms i i should be able to i want to be able to go i'm kind of more conservative on that when it comes to guns as well <laughs> Paulo says, my respect for Bush went up when I saw him dodge those shoes. The Arabs loved that. Like when he uh, dodged those shoes, yeah. every Arab kid has dodged his shoes. You know, shoes you know what I was saying? Respect. I, you know, when he, did the, when he did the shoes and he threw the shoes at Bush, it made me feel a little sad because I was like, okay, the J J Japanese got nuked. And then a few decades later, you know, they had a chokehold on the world's electronics and that auto industry. And then, you know, when the... The Jews went through the Holocaust. They came back, and now you know they're they're doing. Everybody's doing so well in the Jewish community. And the Arabs, you know, seventy years later, they're throwing shoes. They're still throwing shoes. <laughs> like this is so. I'm like, you guys, you got to come back. Like the, the the black people went through slavery four hundred years, came back, and now they have a president. You know, it's but we've got shoes. We're throwing there's, fucking shoes. Yeah, like, they're still at it. <laughs> the ship so ship. it was a little depressing, but. Um, do that. They depress people. So, but yeah, and I, a lot of it's the same. The I make them laugh. On, on the liberal side, you know, when I, uh, especially the, the, the criticism of Islam, that's a big problem. And on the conservative side, if I talk about Christian, like my whole thing is I'm like Christianity and Islam and Judaism are all, Islam may be day more dangerous at this point in time. That's obvious. Everybody knows that. But um, Christianity and Judaism and Islam and Hinduism, they're all equally stupid. They're all equally false they're all equally like to varying degrees at least the abrahamic religions are equally bigoted you know if you go by the scriptures mm -hmm. it's just that one is just taken a lot more seriously by its adherents nowadays like the others were by their adherents at, at a different time mm -hmm. um if that's something that i think gets the uh the people on the right uh, really worked up because you know this time just one think, comment i mean in your i think country. armin was trying to say something sorry oh, yeah, you Uganda, just hold that Uganda's thought one country, right yeah. yeah armin go ahead no, no, I'm just, Max was wondering if he could come on and try to fix the audio because he's saying that if you keep recording like this, it's going to take him forever to fix the, um, to to sync the audio. So he was wondering if he could quickly come in and fix it. Sure, yeah, yeah. Sure, okay. yeah. Not sure how. Should I send him? You going to share the link with him? So a lot of this yeah. in, the, uh, in the audio version, I guess this will be... Edited yeah, the version, the, I mean, the patrons get to see that how sometimes um, difficult this could be for us to <laughs> get all this and how much work goes behind the scenes. But the and how helpful are, are, and how helpful yeah. Max is. Yeah. Okay. So Max, Max is saying, "Give me a few." Paid now, Jeff. Who says that? How we just started to pay him finally. <laughs> yeah, but not much. 
Not as much as he deserves, of course. Not as much as he deserves, yeah. Just had the smarty people. Yeah. So we can pay all the people. No, well, because well, he's, you know. because he's Jewish, and this is a Jewish conspiracy. That's how he's getting paid. The, Zion, right. the state of Israel is uh, sending him putting, shoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Officially, you should send him one of your Jewish memes that you sent to your girlfriend, uh-huh. your ex-girlfriend. Armin, while we wait, do you want to tell us about your uh, where you fit on we'll the spectrum? We'll get to that. Okay. Well, I mean. Okay, so I, I I usually call myself a libertarian, just like uh, these two fine gentlemen. But I always what I was Ali and Faisal call yourselves libertarians. No, I don't. But well, no, no, I I I'd say that in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, libertarian weekend. A libertarian on weekends. Well, Faisal used no, to no, call I, himself a libertarian, but I don't know. Only when it comes to like free speech, and but I, I do think that it's nice for people to wear seat belts, and I I do believe in safety nets. Okay, see, this is, this is what pisses me off. People, when they say libertarian, they think like you're saying, like, you want no rules. That's anarchy. That's not libertarianism. No, no I just like laissez-faire, I think. Net, social safety nets. Yeah, but social safety, I mean, there's obviously even, I, I mean, even the most hardcore capitalists, they don't see no role for the government, right? People yeah. that see no role for the government, they're called anarchists. No, but that's different than safety nets. Yeah. All right. But here's the thing. Even when you look at the, like the safety most of the, when you look at the most of the literature when it comes to free market capitalism, there uh, even the free they they recognize that the market is blind to some positive um, external um, you know factors to the to people and some negative external factors that the market is blind to, and that's where the government has to come in and adjust the market and provide some. Uh, when those benefits are, the market is not adjusting for those benefits. The government comes and adjusts for those benefits. And mm-hmm. Max is here. Max! Reform capitalism. I'm talking about reform capitalism. Guys, Hello? I have to put on my pants hey, for this. <laughs> so that's okay. This <laughs> don't you, you, on, you didn't have to put on your <laughs> pants. Hang on, let me take my pants off. Hold on. <laughs> that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so uh, to our fellow patrons, this is this is the guy that's making everything happen. This mm-hmm. is most of the work. We just come here and speak. He's and also circumcised. Max, you're circumcised? <laughs> that's correct. So okay, that's- that was a wonderful show. Guys, that's the end of the show. Max is circumcised. <laughs> See you next time. No. So we're back. Yes, you were back. And thank you. All right, so, so I just... I just want to talk about this whole, you know, left, right, center, up, down, about all this stuff. So why do we even, like, why do we use these labels? And, well, people use labels in general to be able to communicate more efficiently. Right? A lot of people don't like using labels, but if you had no labels, communication would be impossible. In fact, every single word that you use is basically a label for something, right? The problem is not labels. The problem is when labels have different meanings to different people and therefore they're not, in, they're not helping with communication, but they're actually, um, you know, making it even worse, right? So, I mean, some terms like atheist, secular, to a lot of people, these me, the, the, these words have very, um, you know, consistent meaning between people. And sometimes when people try to change that meaning and when they try to say, oh, atheism means that you're smarter or scientific, like, no, 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 let's keep it simple. We all understand atheism just means a lack of belief in God. So it's clear. We know what we're talking about. So it's an effective word to use in communication. But the thing is that, with left and right, we're always confused about 
um, what you know, okay, so are you a true leftist or not a true leftist? We really don't know, like, where, where's the line? At what point you're not, you don't belong in this group, you know? And the thing is that these labels sometimes lose their purpose. The purpose was to be able to communicate instead of trying to lecture somebody about all your views to be able to be, use one word and get, and now you're past the point about people have a good understanding of what your views are. It's very effective communication, but instead of using it for better communication, it has become some, these words are being used for, for, for creating tribes, right? And now you belong into these groups that you feel like you have to defend, even though these people that you're in a group with, you, you know, you don't share anything. There's no, you wouldn't have defended them other than, uh, because of the fact that you feel that you belong in the same group with them. And the, to show how tribalistic this political spectrum has become, it's easy to show because if you look at the most dominant ones, which is the left and right, the people within these groups agree on some, on some things that it's weird that they agree on. For example, if you look at the left, they usually the left is on social issues. They want less government involvement, like women uh, issues or gay rights. But when it comes to business and trade, they want more government involvement, right? So when it comes to, you know, tariffs and, you know, um, trading with other countries and stuff. But when it comes to right, it's the opposite, right? So with social issues, they want more involvement. And when business and trade, they want less government involvement. But if you think about social issues and government and trade, these are not very related. You know, if you, if ideas were, if people were just thinking about ideas and just coming up with which one is works, which one doesn't, you wouldn't see two groups. So that with members within each group, so much in agreement on both social issues and business and trade issue, you would have seen a wide spectrum of ideas of people. Some people, you know, you would have seen people that believe social government should be more involved in both social issues and business issues, or people that believe that government should be less involved in less in, in less in both social issues and government and business issues. But because you see how popular these two groups are, it it shows that when people feel like they belong into a group, instead of trying to analyze which ideas they agree with or they don't agree with, they see they think that okay, I'm part of this group, and the members of this group are supposed to believe this, so therefore I believe that. And that's how tribalistic it becomes. So if you join the left because of social issues, now you end up all of a sudden agreeing with them on their economical issues just because just because you think that you belong in that group and you have to agree with it, right? But, I mean, this is why I stopped being a libertarian. I mean, because I think you have to look at each, you know, these terms are, so, are cover so many different topics, you know, free speech, women rights, gay rights, business, trade, that you can't, it's so hard for somebody to have, be part of a group on, you know, on having an opinion on all these topics. How could you be like, yeah, I'm part of a left, so, you know, you know, so th these are my, I mean, there are so many different topics for, for, for you to, for it to be so difficult for you to be a part of a group that agrees on almost all of these things. So instead of being so ideological about what we find is true and what what we find is not true. We have to examine all of these cases case by case, um, you know, instead of trying to belong to any of these groups. And even even within one of these issues, like for example, within, I don't know, trade or, or you know, 
you know, more government involvement, you know, more tax, lower tax on this industry or not. You know, you can be like, okay, so I'm part of the left, so I want more tax, or I'm part of right, I want less tax. You have to look at evidence, not for that specific industry, you have to look at what other countries have done for that specific situation and what were the results were. These shit are so complicated for people to just form opinions just like that because they belong into a group. I mean, the economists that are studying, the, their job is to study these things day in and, you know, every day. They themselves, uh, you know, they, they disagree with each other and their disagreements are way more sophisticated than these people political people yeah go ahead but you define yourself as a libertarian so aren't you putting yourself in a box that's what i'm saying i'm saying i used to call myself a libertarian right Mm -hmm. but now i try to look at everything case by case right Mm -hmm. and you know and even none of us us really define ourselves as anything yeah Yeah. go on and i i was gonna say like this uh the new french president you know emmanuel am i gonna pronounce it wrong Macron, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Macron. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so macaroni. The, so this guy, um, I actually, I was reading about him, and I, I didn't know that much about him until very recently. And um, he, he's actually one of those guys I, because I've always been a sort of mix and match. Like on the economy, I, I do believe in, I, I do think corporate taxes should be low. I am a free market. Uh, liberal in that sense, and and his, his socially, he's he's liberal. His version of secularism isn't really the French version of secularism. Um, you know how the the American version of secularism is more neutral. The French is a little bit more uh, slightly anti-religion. So I, I kind of um, I I agree with him on most of the stuff he says. I haven't really found a lot about him that I necessarily disagree with. And he's he's actually I think I think uh, he is representative of what might be a backlash against a backlash, right? That what Yaz was talking about, like most people are sort of center. Like they're, they are centrist. They're not necessarily far left or far right. They're not really as ideologically committed as uh, we think they are, as Twitter would make it seem, right? And um, I think that he's... Uh, this is a, this is a good precedent, and there are people who say, "Well, you know, he's he's different on." Uh, they just look at the whole Islam thing and they completely ignore everything else. Um, and I think that that is an issue. I, I wish Justin Trudeau was different on Islam. I wish Obama was different on Islam. I wish Kerry wasn't such an apologist. But when you weigh it and you look at all of the other things you care for in your life, like education and science and rationality and civil rights, then you know it's it's a it's a tough choice. I mean, I, I have, think that I mean, you brought that. I think that the closest, and this might be a confession, but I think the closest political person in the U.S. that I can think he's the closest to me is Michael Bloomberg. I, um, I agree with you. Is I, that he is centrist on economics. He's kind of a li- little bit more aggressive in foreign policy, and he's socially liberal and he believes in climate change. I think that. Uh, I think he he's much closer Arnold, to Arnold me. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger is another one. He's also yeah. So Bloomberg is closer to me much more than Hillary or Obama or Bernie. I um, think of writers. I, I think of uh, people like uh, whenever I read certain people, I find myself agreeing with them a lot. Or even if I disagree, I find myself respecting where they're coming from. People 
people like Fareed Zakaria, Thomas Friedman, Jeff, Jeffrey Goldberg, uh, you know, Christian Amanpour, uh, people like that I find are, uh, I guess they're the realists when it comes to foreign policy. And when it comes to, I guess, foreign policy, if you ask me who I'm aligned with, I think that, you know, George H.W. Bush, Senior Bush, um, he had a very well thought out foreign policy. It wasn't perfect. There's a lot of things you disagree with, but um, I like the way he conducted things. I like the way he formed coalitions. I like the way that he, uh, you know, used the UN in the right way, but didn't let them go too far. You know, that there's, um, yeah, the, the, so the, that kind of thing. I, I, I think there's a lot of picking and choosing. I, I just don't think, again, and I said this before, is that, you can't be a rational thinking person and just be aligned with one side on all of the issues. It's ridiculous. Like this whole idea of left, right, liberal, conservative. But so Armin, I, what's the question you have? Yeah. Okay. So here's a question for all of you. Given that another way people use these labels is that they put you in a box and then they use it as a reason why you can't be trusted. Like, oh, you're a libertard or you're alt-right. And then they just find a few things that you have in common with some group of people and then they put you in there and then they think like you should be always dismissed, right? Because now you belong into that box. Well, so, there are libertards and alt-right, by the way. Those are the people who just blindly... I know, but then, but then you're not one of them. But then, because they found a f- four or five arguments that you make and they make, and because or of that, one, yeah, you one end up in two. all the groups. I end up in all mm-hmm. those groups. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we get. I mean, on Atheist Republic, when it was live, we was used to get. A, <laughs> <laughs> we used to get. When we used to get accused of being too far right, motherfuckers. <laughs> we used to get accused of being too far right and too far left on the same day. I but, know. Yeah, but. But given that, you know, alt-right is now such a hot topic and people um, want to make sure that they don't be, get into that, how do you, in these day and age, how do you criticize Islam and not be boxed in with those people? Like, how do you manage that? Hmm. Um, Who goes first? Yaz, you want to take I it? Just, I just do it. I don't care. I'm just going to criticize Islam and be careful not to criticize Muslims as individuals and criticize the religion. And that's it. I can't be responsible for how people are going to take whatever I say. And you know what I mean? I can't be responsible for how anybody could take my words and use it in to, to fulfill whatever agenda they have. So if it's yeah, on the yeah. left, if their agenda is to show that I'm a, a hateful bigot, or if it's on the right, if it's to show that all Muslims are hateful bigots, I can't. I can't. I just have to speak my truth, and that's it. I, you know what? I uh, that's I think is the right approach. That's the only thing you can do. And the, one of the examples I always give is the Noam Chomsky example. The Noam Chomsky criticizes U.S. foreign policy, and you know there are many times he's done it very well and he's been very right about it right and we talked about east timor like a lot of things he says about u.s foreign policy have made a lot of sense the problem is that um bin laden wrong wrong yeah no i'm, I'm not saying everything's wrong on foreign policy of course listen i'm telling like More since wrong. since the in the last 15 16 years i think he's gotten everything wrong right so so this is the, I'll, 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 I'll say that's that to to, to say, you know, just for in case people thought I was a libtard or a regressive left, I'll tell you, in the last 15 years, I think he's completely lost his shit. However, before that, 
I think that there are a lot of things he said um, that made a lot of sense. And he used to criticize U.S. foreign policy. The thing is that bin Laden kind of started quoting Osama bin Laden. Now, supposing, you know, now, does that make everything Noam Chomsky just because bin Laden is now using Noam Chomsky and buying his books and quoting his speeches? Does that invalidate everything Noam Chomsky says or says that, that does that mean Noam Chomsky is allied with bin Laden? No, it doesn't. Like, that's ridiculous. So it's the same thing. Like, you know, if we're criticizing Islam, that doesn't necessarily mean that suddenly we're all, you know, we, we all love Trump and we want to ban all Muslims. Right? Like, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. So um, and yeah. this is one of the problems. Like, you know, you, you always get, you get uh, lumped into these categories. Yeah, I mean, just to give you a reference, so was, uh, I think there was, a, like, there was a lot of discussion about the settlements in Israel, and I, I think I shared and retweeted, like, multiple articles criticizing the t- settlements in Israel, which is actually my position. So then there were people like from Hamas. You mean literally like the like West Bank them. settlements? Yeah, the West Bank settlements, yeah. Uh, so there are people like with the flags of Hamas on Twitter who literally retweeted me mm-hmm. after the settlements. And, and then I was wondering, so like, I think is that people, I mean, I thought I, I'm in complete agreement with you guys, is that if people want to spin our words to make it fit into someone else's narrative, it's like, oh, look what Yasmin is saying fits exactly what Trump is saying. Therefore, she loves Trump or she is uh, furthering Trump, whatever. Uh, I think it's completely ridiculous because as long as someone is not saying that I am doing it because of Trump, I think that somebody is just saying what they think. and, they're and you know what? Forced, you know forced. what? Sometimes Trump says things that actually do make sense. Mm-hmm. When Trump was talking yeah. about making the Muslim Brotherhood a, a terrorist organization, I was like, "Yes, this is good. I support that." It's opposite well, of yeah. So forget said. forget about these. So that, one thing that right? Trump said when he said that when he, in one of the first debates he said that in healthcare we got to take these artificial lines out around the states. We have to take those off and we have to let people buy across state lines. I was like. Yeah, you're right about, about that. And then yeah, when but, he said that Bush, uh, you know, he's, when Jeb Bush was saying that, well, you know, there was no terrorist attack under George W. Bush, and Trump is like, well, no, what about 9-11? That happened on your brother's watch. Whoops. That's was, a big one to forget. He was, he was right about that. So, yeah, I mean, they're, the, the, these people, the, that's the whole point of this stuff, is that there are, you know, uh, you can't, it's it's just it's complicated. You can't just align yourself with one label or not. I'm not saying you don't have to love Trump to acknowledge that he. In fact, you have to acknowledge that he's right. Sometimes you have to. If you don't, then you're not going to have any credibility. You have to say that when he's right about something, you have to say that okay, Trump was right about this, and this is you're, why he's right. You're not going to have any credibility because it's so difficult to be always wrong. Like it's almost impossible. Like. Mm. It's almost impossible to always be right, too. Yeah, it's just like it's like you have to be divinely inspired. Like it has to be a divine book or something for it to be always right. I think it also needs to be divine for it to be always wrong. Like you know, you really have to try really hard to never make sense. 
And I think, you know, you can make a generalization on some. I think you're wrong about all that, Armin. <laughs> yeah. Is that like, I mean, somebody can find the positive on of some. So for example, let's talk about Hitler. Okay. How many good things Hitler did compared to how many things, bad things Hitler did bad? I think somebody can overall say Hitler is bad, even though he did some good, some things that might be considered right or good. He, I mean, if Hitler he was says vegetarian, he was always faithful to his wife. Uh, yeah. So if somebody says like, well, Hitler says one done, then maybe <laughs> he's making sense. Uh, but it was like, the right one. <laughs> Actually, I don't know that. I don't know about the. <laughs> so I think like overall, someone can condemn a candidate or a president based upon the overall theme of what they do without necessarily agreeing or disagreeing with everything they do. I think that like, if you do cost-benefit analysis, you can say Hitler was bad or Stalin was bad or Mao was bad, Saddam was bad, even though they might have done some good things or said some right things. But I think that it's, I think that like you have to judge it by the theme of what these people are doing, and you can say overall, communism or Stalinism in that regard is mostly bad ideology. Uh, I think I always go back to what, and, and Armin's brought up this point a lot, and you know this is obviously what I wrote about a lot too. It's just the difference between uh, ideas and people when you're talking about ideas. Like instead of talking about, you know, Muslims and there's some Muslims who are liberal, some are some interpreted this way, some are reformed, some are conservative, some all of this stuff, like the Islamists, the jihadists, and all of these different groups. I mean, this is stuff that's really, really confusing and it just complicates a simple situation. There's two things. There's a set of beliefs that you sit and you challenge and you debate and you criticize and you find that they're toxic. And if you follow these then, you know, you're gonna be doing something toxic if you and, and then there are people, people are very complicated people, a lot more than their beliefs. Their beliefs is, for some people, it's a huge part of who they are. For some people, it's just a little thing in the back. It's just, you know, this is my identity. So it's making that distinction. That's, I think, a universally relatable experience. I mean, there are conservatives and there are liberals who all have certain beliefs, but they all want to do eventually the same things when it comes to to being people in terms of their kids and what they like doing and how they socialize and how they want to live their lives, what kind of future they want. Um, and then those commonalities as people, I think coming together as community is a lot easier than coming together as ideology. And this is one thing I noticed, like if you look at the at Jews and you look at Muslims, it's it's really fascinating because, you know, Jews will, oh, you're an atheist, you're an agnostic, you're whatever, it doesn't matter, but we're all a community. And with Muslims, like, well, you know, you think music is haram, you think hijab is wrong, you think you, they try to come together on one ideology and it's, it's impossible. Every single person is going to have some sort of different ideological uh, interpretation of everything and that causes more division. So, and, and, and I just, like, like a, how can we handle these divisions is the main question. I think that you make that distinction between ideas and people, that ideas are saying something, doing a wrong action or an assholic action or an assholic idea does not make you an asshole. Being an asshole is very different than doing something assholic, is that, if that's a word, right? So we're going to think call that, out assholic options regardless of the skin tone of the person who is the right, perpetrator. Right, right. And, and yeah, what, what, what do you think of this distinction? I mean, you you kind of 
like the distinction between Islam and Islamism that I think that so even Faisal, Sam is trying to adopt because yeah, kind of I, I, that's like Islamism is the driving force of terrorism. With all due respect to Majid and everybody who's talking, I know what they're saying. I know what they're trying to get at. I just don't think it's relatable. I don't think this is a message. If you're out there and you're trying to message, if you have a Christian person sitting there and a Christian's looking at this, he's like, oh, Islam and Islamism. So maybe that's, so you have Christian and Christian, Christianity and Christianism. Like they're not going to relate to it. That's not something they recognize. They're like, this is bullshit. But on the other hand, if they see something like, uh, you know, if you tell them that, okay, there's Christianity, which is in the book, and then there are Christians who, who are different. Yeah, but, that's something but someone that they're can make the argument. To. Someone can make the argument. They, they can recognize that, right? So there, they is can a recognize. there is a Christianity and there is the Christian rights. The they, are not the same. they don't parse that detail. That that does not appeal to the normal the normal person identify. Like if you say something like, okay, Islam is a religion, there's a lot of stupid shit in it. And there's Muslims that are people. Not all of them are full of stupid shit. That's something that a Christian can relate to because they can be like, okay, Christianity, there's a lot of weird things in it, but Christians, not all of them believe the same way. There's a parallel. And when you have parallels, you can empathize. But if you're talking about, you know, there's, you know, there's Islam, there's Islamism, then there's jihadism, and then there's like conservatives and there's Salafists. And you, I mean, you're asking people to, it's like, you know, when, when uh, Muhammad flew up to heaven and negotiated with Moses, <laughs> he's like 50 prayers. It's too much. Like this is not, the kind of thing not helping. It's just that the is going to help. I think that simple idea that, you know, there there is a set of ideas, and that's Islam, ideas we have to challenge, we have to debate in order to move together as a society. People, we have to respect. Even if they believe crazy shit, you have to respect their right to believe what they believe. That's something that's relatable across the board. And that's a message people can pick up really easily. This is, but this um, you have to see their agenda, though, because people that mention Islam and Islamism, they're trying to say, like, you know, all those bad things about Islam, they're not Islam. Mm-hmm. Islamism. Mm-hmm. Now let's, Nothing to do with Islam. <laughs> yeah. So I think, like, you know, it's cute, but it makes no sense. Islam, <laughs> no, I, see, Islamism, gonna, nobody's gonna, buying it. I'm triggered. I'm, I'm triggered. Okay. Um, Islamism. No, wait, let me finish. Islamism. <laughs> no, within Muslims, it's effective. Let me just say that. And this is it's, in defense of Majid. Within, within, okay, within, within Muslims, Muslims until they freaking read the, their book, because everything they're saying Islamism is political, but Islam is political. <laughs> Islam has always been political. Islam is inherently all the, it, it's not just Islam, Judaism and Christianity. Are also yeah, but we're talking about political. Islam right now. Nobody okay, says yeah. Juda, Judaism and Judaismism. Or Christianity and Christianism. We all know that they're all inherently political, and we don't try to to make two different religions out of them saying one is one is not. not. I have a question. All inherently political, but we don't parse those those words, and we don't come up with all these neologisms to 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 sort of complicate the matter. Now, but that said, like I I just want to say this before Fessel, before you go on, is is that in uh, within the Muslim community. Like within Muslims are like, okay, listen, I don't relate to it. There are really good Muslim people, like people in my family who look at all this stuff and they're like, listen, I am Muslim, but this stuff I just don't relate to even remotely. How can these people be the same as me? And And now you're talking about people and you are correct. When it comes to people, there are differences. But when it comes to the actual religion, there is no difference. Exactly. But but these people also, the Islamism thing, it helps them separate themselves from 
the, the crazies, right? So, so in Arabic, we have Muslim, Islamist. We say Islamist and but, Muslim, but we don't. There's no such thing as Islamism because that's a separate religion. No, now, no there is okay. or something. So, so, right. so I'm gonna. The reason why I am very, I want to like. Uh, I always make distinctions. Let me make. Let me explain why. So, for example, if we want to make each Egypt or Iran or Iraq secular, let's say we want to have these countries to be secular countries. Should we get rid of Islam to make them secular? Or should we get rid of Islamism to make them secular? Neither. No, if we get rid of Islamism. Secularism, secularism, I don't think you understand what secularism, it's freedom to to practice your religion. No, separation of church and state. Separation of church and state, sure, but you can still be a Muslim. Nobody's telling you to stop being a Muslim. Huh? No, but, but you do neither, Faisal. You don't do the Islamism. You don't get rid of anything. What you do mm-hmm. is you introduce certain elements into the society. You introduce an, you introduce the scientific method. You introduce enlightenment thinking. You translate books. You get them exposed to other ideas. You don't, and this idea, like, I, I don't think bringing down, like, the people who are the worst of the Islamists, the people that are the biggest problem to you, they're the last people who are going to buy this Islamism thing. Totally. Like I like Yaz. No, no, I'm talking about like what should be our main goals first. I mean, like Separation for example, of tr- uh, mosque and state. Yes, that is the main goal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to so, create so words is, to muddy the waters is not helpful. So when somebody is trying to make separation of mosque and state, right? Oh, I see your point. I know what you're saying. We yeah. are trying to get rid of Islamism in that regard. We want to have an Islam. Well, sorry, we're getting. We're not getting rid of the people who believe in the stories of, let's say, the, the Uber story of Muhammad flying to heaven. We're trying to get rid of the idea that you as a Muslim, or your version of Islam should be imposed on them. So then you can just say secular Muslims. Yeah, so like for example, secular yeah, Christians. For example, in Iraq, so for example, in Iraq, we have Islamist parties. In Arabic, we say Al-Ahzab al-Islamiyah. So when you say Islami, means Islamist. And when you say Ahzab al-Ilmaniya or Ahzab al-Madaniya, means you believe in the civil, you believe in the civil government or the secular government. Mm-hmm. So let's say if I want to get, I want to get Iraq to be secular, what I mean is that I vote against the Islamists. I don't vote against the Muslims. I vote against the Islamists. You know what I mean? That's I'm what with I think. you on that. I so have no problem term, distinguishing. I have yeah, no problem that's, distinguishing that's between a Muslim Islamism. and an Islamist, but you're conflating. Yeah. I have no problem distinguishing between a Muslim and an Islamist. That is a valid yeah, distinction. Because I think but that there is no yeah. distinction between Islam and Islamism. There I, is I agree with yes. Do you think? Do you think that all versions of Islam can be? Do you think that even Sufi Islam can be Islamist? Okay, so Faisal, you've asked me this question before and I've responded to you before and I told you that Sufis are being killed by Sunni Muslims. So you're now going to bring up like a teeny tiny little sect of people that are more into woo-woo than, and they're pacifists and you're going to bring them as an example of what Islam is? That's not... That's not well, so that's another not thing about... But that is the basic argument that Sunni Islam... Right now, no. So when we're talking about Islam, when we're talking about the Quran and the Sunnah, we're talking about Sharia. That is Islamism. Or not even sorry. That is Islam. Islamism, same difference. Same. Yeah, and, and, well, it even is Sharia is like 
there's That's a what Sharia uh, is. That's I know, but Sh- Sharia. There's a lot of so yeah, like this is something that you know you probably may not be as familiar with as as we are. But uh, Armin, I don't know if you can relate to this. But there's a lot of when I grew up, there were a lot of sort of very secular, liberal-minded people who were pro Sharia because to them Sharia was the same thing as the U.S. Constitution. It's uh-huh. like, well, Sharia is about freedom of speech. Sharia is like Islamic law. This is what it is. Islam promised us. It brought feminism 1,400 years ago, all that bullshit. So they think, if you think that Islam brought feminism 1,400 years ago, that feminism is part of Sharia for you, right? So for, for these people, they, they're, so whenever they talk about, do you believe in Sharia? That's, that's a, that is the one question, those pew polls. And I'm like, oh, it makes me cringe because I know how these people think. I know a lot of liberal, secular Muslims who, you know, drink alcohol and, you know, they had their, their actually, they actually are, they believe in gender equality and all this stuff. They'd be like, yes, Islam is Sharia. They brought Sharia a long time ago. U.S. Constitution is no different from Muhammad's law. Because they've never read the Quran, they don't. They don't care about it, right? So, that's, uh, it, 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 this is the problem with the with the semantics. When you use these terms and you don't define them, um, well, it's an issue. And you're uh, this is, in the waters too. You're yeah, just yeah, yeah, you do. And you, you're you're wading into this uh, sort of these this area where everybody has a different idea of what Islamism is and what Islam is, and everybody defines it differently. So when you have one person who comes out, and I, I know that Majid does this and he does it really well, is that you know he's got a definition of Islam, and it's very effective when he talks about it within the Western Muslim communities. It's very effective. Um, but when you talk about these words, these words are not, they mean different things to different people. So if one person defines each one of these words a certain way, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get a whole bunch of people saying, oh, yeah, that's right. They're not going to, uh, it's not going to be like that. I agree with Armin. It's just another way of saying nothing to do with Islam. It is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, the reason I, I was trying to... Can I, can I, can I just say something? Sure. Right. Okay, so you know when 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 you say like oh these these people that people again we're but you're talking about as people right the, the you know Islam there is one Islam and if you could you could just pick up the book and read it and you see what it means and you know just to make a point you know when I was in the Philippines I talked to some Christians there and they were so clueless and they, they I asked them to name me the Trinity and they said the Father the Son and Mother Mary. So many people in the Philippines thought the Trinity includes Mother Mary. But does that mean Christianity? Does that mean that the concept of the Trinity in Christianity includes Mother Mary? No, it doesn't, right? So yeah, what, what you're demonstrating is that there's so many different understandings and so many people, you know, represent, you know, their, their ideologies are different. And um, and these people have their own agenda and they, they believe they have their own um political ideology and they just try to make it seem like Islam supports them but they or they, you know they were, they were already secularists or they were already for women rights or they were already for gay rights but they know to gain support for their ideas they have to sell the idea that this is Islamic not because they were Islamic and they read this and then they concluded by studying Islam that oh I have to support gay rights that usually doesn't happen it's the other way around you're for gay rights you try to sell it that this is not against Islam but Islam itself, I mean, this is not something that any, if anybody just reads the Quran cover to cover, I dare them to look any of us in the eye and say that this is not, this wasn't a political book, that this was not a book about politics. You know, you have to, you do so much gymnastics to be able to get away from that. Mm-hmm. 
No, I mean, I just I just want to clarify my my stance on this. Is that I mean I, I think Yasmin got me correct. Is that I, I differ the differentiation between Muslim and Islamist is necessary. I think like when especially I mean especially when people are like because let's say people who are uh let's say Iraqi let's say Ayad Alawi who was the former prime minister of Iraq. Uh, he is a Muslim, but he is a secular Muslim, which is different than let's say Nur al Maliki. Who is an Islamist Muslim? Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of what I think. This distinction between Muslim and Islamist. Yes, I mean I, I agree with you, Armin. That I think that religion is inherently political. I think that I mean, and not only, I mean, and I agree with like a plausible interpretation. Like I think that what ISIS is doing and what Al Qaeda is doing, I think is a very plausible interpretation of the Quran. I don't think that they are. Uh, I don't know using the communist manifesto to throw gays from rooftops. I think they are mostly quoting the hadith and the, uh, but, I, but I think, yeah, I think the distinction between Muslim and Islamist is more important to me than Islam and Islamism, because I think but that- we, we already have the nomenclature for this. We have it in all the other religions. You have, uh, you have conservative Christians, you've got you know, uh, evangelical Christians, you've got liberal Christians. Um, You've got fundamentalist Christians, like all of these words. All you have to do is just apply this to yeah. uh, Muslims. You, know, you can have fundamentalist Muslims. You can have political Muslims. You can have, you know, and I think that makes a lot more sense, right? Because yeah, yeah. I think when you say Islamist, it kind of glamorizes, uh, you know, political Islam for a lot of people because it has the word Islamist. Like, oh, I don't want to be Muslim. I want to be an Islamist. But, you know, you have, if you have, uh, if you just and call also them, it's not clear. But if you say a fundamentalist Muslim or a political Muslim, now it's clear. Right. Yeah. Now it's it's a lot more clear. And I, I think that uh, just adding those uh, adjectives, and, and that's also, again, relatable. We have, we have to look at what is the kind of thing that a, a Christian would listen to and say, okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. I know exactly what you're talking about. A Christian's not going to listen to, uh, or, or anybody, forget Christians, but any non-Muslim's not going to look at Islamists and know what the hell is going on unless they read an essay or an article on it, right? But the moment you say, okay, these are political Muslims, but those guys, they're secular Muslims. That's something that they can relate to. They'd be like, okay, and it actually helps because they're like, oh, this guy's a secularist Muslim. He's not going to bug me. He's not going to blow up my family. But this guy, he's a fundamentalist Muslim. He's a political Muslim. You know, I got to watch out. Mm-hmm. From from this guy, and I I think that distinction is very helpful. That kind of terminology is a lot better for um in order to communicate this stuff. Totally so. agree. Questions. So you wanted yeah. us to take some questions from the uh, patrons. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do some this of them are up. not. They're not really related. Um. So we've got one here that asks. Um, if Bin Laden was alive today, would he condemn ISIS? Uh, yes, my answer is yes, because he already did condemn oh, the leader of Al-Qaeda in Iraq, the AQI, which made its way to become ISIS. So it makes sense that, that uh, Bin Laden would condemn Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, because he already condemned Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, who was the leader okay. of Al-Qaeda, who was mm-hmm. the founder of ISIS. 
Oh yeah, there was actually a really interesting so, letter online from. It was a joke, uh, you guys. Oh, it was oh, okay. <laughs> no, but it's still, that's actually serious. Yeah, Al-Qaeda it is. I know Al Qaeda are like the moderates now compared. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Jesus walks into a hotel, puts three nails on the counter, and says, "Can you put me up for the night?" That's that's for when we're asking for the jokes. I love that. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's from Obeyed. Uh, how would you guys react if your daughter wanted to marry a Muslim man? Wow, that's <laughs> personal, though. I can, can I? Can I, I don't know what's going on. I have two daughters. I can answer. I would. I would educate yeah, them. Yeah, you're... <laughs> Part of being an, a, a secular atheist, tolerant kind of person is that you don't tell your daughters who they can marry, who they can't marry. If they want to do it, they can. I I agree with Yaz. I'd educate them. But someone actually asked me, like, you know, what would you do if you know, like with my daughter, like, what would you do if she wanted to wear a hijab to school? And she insisted that she wanted to do it. And I just didn't see that as a controversial thing at all. Like, if she wants to wear hijab to school, she wants to wear a ski mask, whatever the fuck she wants to wear. I wanted to have long hair and put on eyeliner when I went to school. My dad didn't like it. I did it. I got over it after a while. My sister wore hijab for a little while in school. And she got over it. You know, you sometimes you have to go through these things. If you don't, if you say that, no, there's no way you're going to wear it, you're just going to make them want to do it more. That's how kids work. Yeah, um, can I- for me, I think, I mean, I'm not really planning to have children, but if I do or adopt a child, I think I would raise them the same way, same way I was raised by my parents, mm-hmm. is that they they gave me books and asked me to read from the Torah to the Quran to the Bible to Plato to Thomas Paine to Thomas Jefferson to uh, Imam Ali, and then make up my mind if if I if I end up being a Muslim, if they end up being Muslims, which I think is very unlikely. Um, uh, then they Especially will have their girls. It's very unlikely. Yeah, uh, and if they and I, I would probably if they are girls, I'll probably give them feminist material and mm-hmm. books written by let's say Iranian women who faced lived under the Iranian regime of Ayatollahs and or Saudi women living under, so they can listen I'm to the other side. Of, All right. What uh, about you, Armin? Yeah. yeah so I that's would, what I'm gonna do. I would invite him that's to good. It's good parents. Debates. YouTube like, <laughs> we invite him to the hangout. Be like, like, oh, yeah. That's great because I have been trying for so many years to get Muslims to debate me on YouTube, and they just only do it in private. Most of them, most of them, don't want it to go public. I think I found one one guy that. So, would you be happy with your daughter marrying a Muslim man? As long as he agrees to do YouTube debates with me. <laughs> I, can, can I, guys? Okay, so first of all, that's so funny. I think that's here's so Armin, you know, by the way. That's so Armin. When we're talking about all these labels and stuff, here's another thing I want to get to. My sister is married to a Muslim man. I love the guy to death. He's one of my, you know, we're very, very close. We're really good friends. Um, I, I, my mother was obviously married to a Muslim man who was my dad. There are not, not all Muslim. Farid Zakaria is yes, also we know. Hashtag man. not all. Exactly. So. Muslim, it doesn't, what do you mean? Like a fundamentalist Muslim? A, it doesn't, this is so many Oh, different. so now you're playing this game. This game. It doesn't even matter. I because I have, so, it's so, you don't know which way it could turn. Like, even if you meet a guy and he's really great, he could end up becoming, what they do is when they get older, they start to feel like they're closer to death and then they become more conservative. So I would just educate her about the religion, educate her exactly. about what could potentially happen. And then, you know, hopefully I raised her right enough to be able to use her own judgment and make the right decision. I, I think for me, um, I would go extra. I would not let my daughter marry a communist. There's no way I would. 
I think communism is that's like it's just probably the most evil religion the world has ever known. If it was a guy like Dave Chappelle, be careful. You you you're using the word let. You're an adult. Yeah. So the next question is also related to women's issues. I should marry Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's a Muslim. If it was a guy like that, that'd be fucking awesome. That would be a fun YouTube video for you, Armin. Yeah. Uh, so the next question, how do you encourage a woman to be stronger when she believes the religious bullshit that a man should take care of a woman? Can I answer that, Wendell? I sure. think you should. You're the only one who should. Okay, so I think that you can't encourage a woman to be stronger when she believes the religious bullshit that a man should take care of a woman. There are quite a few. It's quite common that women believe that. It doesn't even necessarily have to be religious women. A lot of women feel like it's their right to just like be taken care of by a man. Very. Um, it's just some women feel that way because of their mindset. That's just the, I'm no judgment, <laughs> but that's how, that's how they are. And it's, you're not going to change her mind. And um, if she believes that she needs to be taken care of by a man, then let her believe that because eventually what's going to happen. And I've seen this happen a million times is they're so excited and they're so happy. Oh my God, I don't have to do anything. He, he works and he brings home. Like I, I don't have to work. I don't have to do anything. He takes care of everything. This is wonderful. And she gets taken care of like a, like a, like a little chihuahua, right? She gets like the, the little diamond um, collar and she gets her food bowl and, and she gets her, her little taken to the salon and taken care of and she loves her life and she's so happy. But then eventually she doesn't want to be a chihuahua anymore. She wants to be a full-grown human being. And this is women in Saudi Arabia, a perfect example of this. Women in Describe Saudi Arabia. Vessels type. <laughs> women in Saudi Arabia, not all obviously, but... In those GCC countries, so Saudi Arabia and Qatar and all of those extremely rich um, Arab countries, Sharia countries as well, um, the women don't do anything. They don't. They don't have to work. They don't. They obviously don't have to go to school because you go to school to work. They don't have to. They don't. All they do all day long is get their nails and their hair done, and buy more jewelry and whatever. And they are bored to tears because eventually all of that stuff is not fulfilling and your only purpose in life is to look pretty to get a good husband and make babies and and life doesn't really have any meaning to it so if you're if your friend that you're talking about um is feeling like this is a positive thing for her then just you just gotta let her go through her journey and maybe she won't go through a journey. Maybe she'll just feel like this is great. And she'll, she's happy being taken care of her whole life. And um, some women in Saudi Arabia really do believe that they're treated like queens. And that's fine. But lots of others completely disagree. And it's just every individual is different. What about you guys? What do you think? <coughs> um, I think what you just said. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right. This is good. Uh, next question. <laughs> Does the Muslim faith act as fundamentally uh, act as a fundamentally civilizing force or the opposite? Um, Say that again. Does the Muslim faith, so does Islam, act as fundamentally fundamentally 
is it is it a civilizing force or the opposite? I don't think any faith can ever be a civilizing force because faith tells you not to think and to believe things without evidence. The only thing that's ever been a civilizing force ever in history for for any kind of thing. Oh, sorry, I need to interrupt you. There was a, that was the second half of the question because I just scrolled up. The first half was, do you think that if the Muslim world were to magically turn atheist, would things be better or worse in the Middle East? So I think the two questions are related. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I, I guess I was going to answer that anyway, that part of it too, mm-hmm. um, without knowing it is that uh, I, I think that the, the only time when people say that it was Judeo-Christian values that led to the Enlightenment, no, the Enlightenment happened because it was against Judeo-Christian values. It was a backlash against it. Um, it was the rise of secularism, of uh, free thought, um, of the scientific method, of critical thinking. And these are the things that eventually lead to civilized societies. It's, it's never faith. Faith, by definition, is to, if I'm this chair I'm sitting on, I don't have faith that it exists. I know it exists because I have evidence that it's there. Um, faith is believing things by definition. It's believing things without any evidence. That can never lead to any kind of, um, you know, civilized outcome. This can. So, and then the Muslim faith, unfortunately, the Muslim faith, because there's so many people, so many more people adhere to it so much more closely than they do to other faiths, um, you're seeing the effect. I mean, if you want to see the effect of what happens when people take religious faith too seriously, look at Islam. Mm-hmm. May I answer that? Mm-hmm. Please, sir. I think it, it does depend on the context. I mean, if if people are burying my daughters alive and this stupid, other stupid ideology comes and everything about it is stupid, and but also says that you can't do that, you can't bury baby girls alive I would and there's nothing else around I would be like yes that that ideology I can I just say something I just want to interrupt you Armin for one moment I know they sell us that all the time in the days of the Jahalaya they used to bury the baby girls and Islam came and saved them and Islam is feminism blah 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 but it turns out that it's actually a very tiny minority of a small group of people that were actually doing that it wasn't as widespread as we were led to believe but, but, okay, but I'm not suggesting Islam is feminist at all, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it, it could, I mean, let's say for, let's say for a sake of argument, it was better than what it was before, right? That doesn't make it good now at all, right? I mean, an ideology could be absolutely terrible for our world today, but still an improvement for what it was before it. That is possible. That is possible, right? And I mean, I honestly don't really know. I mean, his, when it comes to historicity of what happened in Islam, there's so much less evidence for any of this shit. So I just go by what's canon, right? I don't really care if it happened or not. I just go, this is the, this is the story. This is what the story that we're going by, right? So this is the canonized version of Islam. So it's, I, I treated most of it as fiction anyways. It's cool fiction though. But here's the thing is that you, Islam could Islam could actually be an improvement. I could come up I could just come up right now with a worse ideology in Islam on top of my head, right? I could just make up something, an ideology actually here. It, it actually existed. You know, the, think about the Vikings, right? You can't like so in Islam, if you die as a martyr, you go to heaven. But there are other ways to go to heaven, right? But I think 
and Vikings, if you went to go to Valhalla, you had to die with a sword in your hand fighting. So everybody had to fight, die fighting. It's not just some people, right? I mean, look at the Mayan religion, the, the practice of human sacrifice, you know, the, the, the fascination with blood and pain to get close to gods. I think if you, these are really cool religions, but if they were being practiced, I would go with Islam if they were actually being practiced today, right? So I think it's all relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what Islam is, would have been like the Kabbalah to the, to the I, Vikings. I, yeah, I think, I think here's, the, here's the thing. I think a lot of people think that Islam has to be the worst for us to say anything about it. It doesn't have, as long as it's bad, it's enough for us to shit on it as much as we want because yeah. it's bad. Right, it doesn't have to be the worst, right? We don't have to compete over making it the worst thing ever existed. It's still pretty shitty. Mm. Faisal, do you have an answer? Well, I mean, I think that the influence of religion, regardless of what the religion is, I think it's generally a bad thing on society. I think that, I mean, one of the main things about religion is that it asks people that. I think that fake news, like religion is the ultimate fake news, is that it allows people to believe things without evidence and discount things purely on the concept of faith. So I think in general, whether it's Islam or not, I think the influence of religion is generally, at least in its conservative form, um, a negative influence of society. But I actually would like to answer, I think the second question was, is it possible to apostatize all Muslims are atheists, turned Muslims to atheists? Oh, no, that wasn't... No, it was, uh, if everybody became an atheist, would that be better if all Muslims became... I, I think it depends. I mean, as I said, like, I like I think that a mix of atheism plus uh, a Jeffersonian democracy would be great, but I think that atheism plus communism would probably be as harmful if not... Uh, more harmful that we have right now with Islam. Even though that being said, I think that with communists, you're dealing with materialist people. So, for example, deterrence during the Cold War with the Soviet Union worked because when you know that the United States, if it's going to nuke, if the Soviets would nuke America, America would nuke back, and that would kill lives of the Soviet leaders. But when you're dealing with people who believe in heaven and 72 virgins, I think that doesn't act, act as a... I mean, there is this concept called uh, mutually assured destruction. I think it works more with communists than it works with Islamists and Muslims. Uh, so I think that atheism, if it's going to turn, like, if it's the way it practices by us, let's say, I don't know if atheism is a practice, but like centrist atheism, I think probably would create a world a better place and much better than it is right now. Yeah, I think... Uh, secularism could... versus atheism, but yeah. Yeah. If if you have the Hitchens challenge, remember that the when he asked, he said that name one um, moral or good act or thing that can be said or done by a religious person that cannot be said or is not done by a non-religious person. You nobody can name anything like everything from charity to uh, you know good halal chicken. Halal chicken. It's the yeah. only good thing that Muslims do. That <laughs> Turns out that's really bad for the animals, but anyway. But apparently, the, the, the but chicken in general, all of these things, basically, non-believers can do all the good stuff that religious people can do. And they do do all the good stuff, that from philanthropy, charity, to everything. But then he said, um, the second part of it was that uh, it named one wicked or evil action or utterance that can... Um, 
that will not be done by a non-believer, but can only be done by a religious person. And suddenly you have a million things, right? Jihad, you know, general mutilation, like all of these things. Honor killing. So if you take those two things and then you take the, the, the third part of this, which is that good people do good things and bad people do bad things overall, if you take all of these three, these three things into consideration, religion does become a sort of net negative for humanity overall. And at the least, it's unnecessary. Yeah. Right? But at the very least, it's completely unnecessary. You know, some people, be- some people mention that even without religion, people will find excuses to do crazy shit and go to war. Speak for yourself, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> No, but my response to that is usually yes, yeah, but they will have one less reason and one major reason. It doesn't, you know, it's like... And they won't have the support of millions. They wouldn't have divine endorsement for their bullshit. That's the thing. It's not not the strongest tools. Just just because they still have tools in their, you know, to do these things doesn't... I mean, they still have nationalism, right? They still have other things that they could... Uh, other dogmas that they could delude people with, but we we just took away one of the most effective ways to make people do things that is not in their best interest, right? And that is religion. There's there's not a, there's no other more powerful force that could convince people to fight for a cause that is not good for them. And if you could take it away, um, you know, slowly from people, that's a very good thing to do. And it's not going to solve all the world problems. Nobody should ever say that, that all the world problems come from religion. But it's, it's better. It's going to be a better world. It's not going to be a perfect world, but it's, but it's going to be a better world. But you have, to, you have to let people come to it themselves. You can't enforce yeah, okay. atheism. Well, I, and here's the thing. And other people say, like, why can't you force people to stop believing? I, I, don't, I never understand. How, how is that even possible? That's actually not possible to force somebody to not believe or believe in anything, right? The only thing you could do is to invite them to consider something. You could force people to do things or not do things, but there's no way you could force people to think a certain way. And and another thing, I get about the argument that people should come to these conclusions on themselves, but that's also impossible because every single idea that you have comes from your environment. Right? If, like, whatever ideas you have or learn, you, you either read a book, you saw a post, you saw the news, you listen to the radio, you listen to podcasts. So, when you say people should come up to these conclusions on their own, well, no, they, they, they can't. Every idea that we have came from. No, no but on, the, on their own, I mean that they should listen to what's in their environment and they should decide what course will make most sense to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, that at idea. the end of the day, rather than, people, like, what I'm getting at is that secularism was in a lot of the Middle East and among Arab countries, there were a lot of secular dictators. It was enforced secularism, yeah, but they weren't forcing an idea; they were forcing behavior. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that, that's what we're talking about, like the yeah, yeah. this idea. So they have a bad association with it, right? So yeah. anyway, all right. So that brings the end of it. That brings yes. us to the end of it. Yep. Halas. Okay. Halas. Halas. Uh, so that brings the end of our show tonight. Uh, the audio will be up probably in the next 20 years, I think. Probably. Uh, and sorry, the video, this video is only for patrons. So if you guys like the video, please tell your friends to donate to us so they can see future patrons as guys future shows. And hopefully it won't be as bad as this one. 
yeah. So we need the money because we want to build settlements in the West Bank. <laughs> and uh, we really appreciate any donation from the one and all the Jewish states, the state of Israel. And also reviews. And if you guys like Armin or like any of us, uh, please write us a review on SoundCloud, uh, Patreon, iTunes. 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 There's this other one, lesbian, lesbian.com. No, um, stop telling people to go to that website. And please, guys, like, share. Uh, I would love, I mean, if you guys enjoy the conversation, the easiest thing you can do is just tweet it or share it to your friends. Uh, ask them to uh, comment and recommend, recommend it if they like it to their friends. We want this podcast to reach as many people as possible and uh, consider that Facebook is making it difficult for people to reach their own audience and they ask us to pay to reach our own audience. I hope you guys can help us reach as many people as possible and uh, thank you very much and may God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. <laughs> A long Good night, everyone. Good night. The Secular Jihadists have been made possible thanks to the gracious support of the Illuminati and the great state of Israel. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. In the meantime, we greatly appreciate the support of our current donors. Please consider supporting by sharing the podcast with your fellow heathens or by donating at patreon.com slash sjme.